0: On today's episode, we welcome I.S. Jones, author of Spells of My Name.
1: Welcome to episode 44 of The Chatbook. I'm your co-host, Noah Stetzer. And I'm Ross
0: White. Noah and I are the directors and editors at Bull City Press, and we publish chapbooks of poetry, fiction, and nonfiction.
1: We started this podcast to celebrate our love of chapbooks, to go behind the scenes of the publishing process, and to highlight the folks who write chapbooks and the folks who make chapbooks.
0: firing up a little bit of September. Y'all, I'm excited because September is like one of my favorite months. And I know that makes me weird, but I like it. I like it as the leaves start to turn. I love that.
1: I'm a big fan of September because I really like school supplies, office supplies. And it's that time of year where it feels like, although I could go anytime, I suppose, (laughs) but it feels like a great time to go and see like, the fresh bumper crop of pens and paper as if they're like a harvest of new school supplies are available for me.
0: And I buy them anyway. No, I have to ask, I have to ask, did you have a trapper keeper?
1: I I didn't have a trapper keeper. Um, Thank you for asking. I was Mr. Three Ring Binder that had pockets on the inside covers of the front and back.
0: Oh my God, you probably wore a tie to school too.
1: And I had the (laughs) stuff that you put in a three ring binder, you know, like you could get like, Accessories that was like a little zipper pouch that fit in, or like, you know, page protectors that you could slide a map up into. Like, I was really into that sort of thing. Like, (laughs) I I wanted my three ring binder to be sort of like this quasi James Bond, like Swiss Army three ring binder.
0: (laughs) I definitely wore a tie. So, our intern Molly is here. This is Molly's last week at Bull City Press as an intern. She's going to graduate after this. But, you know, she's got to go back to school. It's September. Molly, did you ever have a trapper keeper? I am embarrassed to say I don't know what that is. See, I wondered if maybe that because Noah and I are old and I I wondered if maybe that had fallen out of fashion. It was like a it was a notebook for nerds, but everybody in the 80s was a nerd except for <laughs> Noah, who wore a suit to school and was James was. Bond, apparently. <laughs> I did not have that, but I also was like a color-coded plastic divider, three-ring binder kid. Yes. Oh yes. God. I had papers in like a, a paper bag, essentially. That was, <laughs> that was my organization strategy. Well, listen, we've got a great guest today. Why don't we bio her up and get her
1: on? That would be my pleasure. IS Jones is joining us today. IS Jones is an American Nigerian poet, essayist, and former music journalist. Her honors include fellowships from Calaloo, Boat Brooklyn Poets and elsewhere. Her works have appeared in Guernica, Washington Square Review and in other journals. She is one third of The Luminaries, an online space that provides free poetry programming and reading events. Jones is also the founder and facilitator of The Singing Bullet, a month long online poetry workshop. There is a full biography with links in the show notes. In the meantime, please help us welcome to the podcast IS Jones. Hello. Thank
2: you all for having me. (laughs) Hearing you all talk about Trapper Keepers, the only way I knew about that is through that South Park episode of the
1: Trapper Keeper
2: (laughs) (laughs) that almost destroyed the world. Right,
1: right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're really excited to have you here with us today. And just as a way of getting started, I thought you might give us a little background on Spells of My Name as it came together as a collection. Did it always seem to be in the shape of a chapbook, or was that something it came into as you were working on these? Once it did sort of arrive at that shape, how did it arrive at Newfound?
2: Hmm, That's a good question. I wasn't going to initially write a chapbook. I started writing this in earnest the summer before I found out I was going to my MFA. When I applied, I applied very quietly, and I didn't really tell a lot of people. My parents didn't even know that I applied to schools. My going home was pretty rough for a time. I lived in New York, where I'm actually right now. and. What happened is that, you know how living in New York is, it's very expensive here, and I I had two freelance jobs, and I was trying to figure out my life, so I decided to go back to California for a time. And in between that time, I kind of undertook this project to write at least one poem a day to work through these larger questions I had about my family, about lineage, about questions, about my name, about that history. I know that eventually this is going to be a larger project, but I think I was very struck by the self-portraits that I had started. Self-portrait as, and then whatever the misnaming of my name was. It began as just a list. I had 50 misnamings. And when I was still on Facebook, I made a joke to everyone saying, oh, I'm going to write self-portraits as these misnamed versions of myself, right? And then halfway through, I was like, oh no, I have created a project. (laughs) So... So what happened is that I was sending it out to a lot of different presses. I didn't know a whole lot about chapbooks at the time. I knew that they were really exciting, smaller books that I loved. At the time, there were a few chapbooks that I really loved, like Tommy Blount's What We Are Not For. I loved Claire Schwartz's Chapbook Bound, and there were a few others. Claire Schwartz's chapbook specifically made me realize, oh, the chapbook that I want to write could exist in the world. So I had sent it out to a few places. It got rejected from every single place. My chat book actually did win one contest, but I made the choice to pull it because what they were offering in the contest was not enough for what I wanted. I had a very ambitious dream for the life I wanted my chat book to have, and the contest wasn't offering that. So I pulled it, and then I had found out about the Newfound Glory on Zadula Prize, I had heard things here and there about Newfound, knowing that I knew was published there, but I really liked what they were doing. The covers were really gorgeous. It seemed on the outside that the editors really cared deeply for the book as an object, right, as well as the production of it. Whether or not their authors felt as though they were being taken care of, etc. So I sent in for the chapbook. It didn't make it. But then they had an emerging series reading time frame. And they said, oh, we're going to be open for exactly one month in December. Send in your chapbook. And then I asked them, oh, if a chapbook had been previously rejected, can it be sent in again? And they were like, absolutely. So I sent it in again. And then I think it was the first week of January that following year, I get an email from my now editor, Crystal, saying, oh, hey, Etiola, We love spells. We would be honored to publish it. I've never read a chapbook like this before. But let me know what you think. And then we had two very long conversations because I wanted to sign, but I was apprehensive because I'd heard so many things from my colleagues and friends about their relationship between their press and their book wasn't what they wanted. So I was very fortunate to be in a position, having once been a bookseller myself, as well as also I'd been a book editor, learning how to typeset books, learning how to edit. I knew knew what to ask for, which is something that's really rare in this business. I'd say that there's anything wrong with that, but I do think that poets should get more into the habit of also understanding the business aspect of things, right? How certain, you know, layouts and certain sizes of a book can deter people from buying it or not buying it. How certain covers might attract certain kind of audiences. Giving booksellers, you know, some kind of maybe speech to entice them to um sell it. Think about a marketing strategy around Poetry, National Poetry Month and what have you. So after my two very long conversations with Crystal. She was extremely gracious enough to send me chapbooks from the catalog, which was something that she offered to do. I didn't even ask. And then after that, I was like, absolutely. And then even after I signed the contract, I was still asking a bunch of questions and they were so gracious and kind and let me do everything I wanted and let me get everything I wanted. And I love my press a lot and I feel absurdly fortunate to have gotten the royal treatment that they've given me.
0: I'm so glad to hear you advocating for asking questions, asking Mm -hmm. for the things that you want. Because I do think a lot of authors walk into the chapbook process. A lot of times it's their first publication and they think, oh, I just have to do whatever the press says. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing, but you know, if a press can't do something, they'll say, Hey, we can't do that. But my gosh, yes. Ask. I love, I love that. Thank you.
2: Yeah. I think it's really, I mean, you know, all, all writers, some your genre, you should get into the habit of advocating for yourself. But I think also when it comes to the travel and even the following collection, people hear standard contract and they think, oh, I can negotiate. You can always negotiate a contract. It doesn't matter. I don't care if it says industry standard or what have you. If it's your work, there should be an understanding that the relationship between the publisher and the author should be symbiotic, right? It shouldn't feel like a hierarchy that you can't say no to certain things that you're not comfortable with, right? I feel very fortunate to have learned from my colleagues and mentors who have told me, oh, you should ask for these things, things that I wish I knew to ask when I was in your position. So
0: So I was reading the copy on the Newfound website, and this quote really stuck out to me about the book, which describes it as navigating sexuality, memory, and identity is a voice torn into multiple selves. This fracturing is full of diversions and sharp bends. Can you talk a little bit about representing this fragmentation of self and how you balance different identities or facets of identities in the work without overwhelming it?
2: Oh, wow, that's a really good question. Ooh, all these questions are so delicious. I think that I always knew this would be a poem about multiple selves. No, I think after... So the very first poem in the chapel, Of Field, Any Field, it's one of the oldest poems in the book. I wrote that years before I even thought a chapbook was ever in my future. And I had, and the poems interviewed the American Nigerian were originally a very long four-page poem. What was it called? It was American Nigerian. Oh, American Nigerian in the interrogation room. That's what it was called originally. And then... One of my dear friends, Logan February, who went to blurb the chapbook, they had said like, "Oh, it kind of sounds like you're in prison or something," and I'm like, "Oh no, that was not my intention." But I wanted, I wanted it to be clear that that there was a kind of uneven relationship between the speaker and the one who's doing and the person who's asking the questions. But when I got to this poem, where is the line? In every mouth, I am a copy of a copy of an error. It's exhausting to live as mistranslation. I want to tell the truth out without myself. I talk to myself, myself often, myself. Each self spelled from my blood field of selves. We are fragmented pieces of the singular. I think I think I have learned to take the misnamings in good faith, but I I'll be honest. In the beginning, I was very frustrated. Because Etiola, what four or five syllables? I don't think my name is that complicated, but I think that there's a lot to be said about the effort that that one puts into knowing another person's name, right? I think especially in the Western imagination, and because I'm Nigerian by heritage, my my people are very flamboyant with how we name our children. They're very they're very beautiful and dramatic names, and. It feels as often in the American lexicon that my name, and by virtue of my name, my lineage, is constantly at, at odds with both my American and Nigerian heritage. And I feel like as a result of trying to be both at the same time, it quite literally fractures the self and fractures the self again. And I think that's what the poem was trying to get to in that, in that part. I hope that answers your question.
0: Yes, it does. Thank you. mm mm-hmm. Well, speaking of those poems, I wonder, would you be willing to read us a poem from the collection?
2: Sure. Does anyone have any requests?
0: Oh, my gosh. Uh, OK, I was kind of hoping you would say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whatever you want to read is great, but I love the poem Esperanza so oh. much. It oh, is yeah. one of my favorite poems.
2: Yeah, the poem I wrote for my for my gam. This is also this poem is even older than the first one. There's a little story about this poem before I read it. So I wrote this, oh man, I must have wrote this back in 2018, I think, because I was still taking workshops at Kaveh Kahnem, and it, it looked very different than the version that made it into the chapbook because Changes Press solicited me, and they were like, oh, hey, Taylor, you've read some of your poems. We'd love for you to send us poems. And I was like, I don't have poems. Ah, but then I found this old poem again that I had just like, collect dust. I never sent it out for publication for some reason. And then I kind of just took it, I took it out, you know, dusted it off. And then I was looking up the word Esperanza, which was in the body of the original one. And I was looking it up and I thought that it had meant Wild Horsewoman. And I was like, oh no, it it ended up being hope. And I kept trying to find where etymologically did I come to Wild Horsewoman? And I like how the idea of a misunderstanding, which is so much of what, you know, is is a part of the book. Ended up being a part of the revision for this. And as you all know, true writing begins in revision. So I read this for you, Ross. Esperanza. Looking back now, I must have misremembered Esperanza to mean wild horsewoman. The word deriving from the Latin, sperer, meaning hope. Either way, I could see it. A thousand grandmothers galloping into dusk night being the dark horses carrying off the day on their hooves. My grandmother lifts her head in wind boughs, shifts her legs in a man's knees buckle, could turn a lover to a drought with a single glance. Now she returns to me as myth, on four legs, scattering the wet earth behind her. My grandmother calling my name, which was once hers. How she and my father's mother crowned me in this name having never met. Two equine women running as I have learned to run. The story goes her presence would remind men of their mortality. Until my grandfather sought to subdue what others could not. I wish I thought to ask. Give me a truth I need to survive. She would tell me, don't worship men. What a waste of devotion. It's been said women have nothing of our own. Not even what we're named. Call it a moonless clarity. How she passes through me every time the dark unknuckles and the night loosens its blue-black skin for stars.
0: Could turn a lover to a drought with a single glance? I mean, come on. That's just, that's next level. Come on. Too good. Too good. Oh, no. thank
2: you. Yeah, my grandma was a, yeah, my grandma was pretty much a badass when she was alive. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's time for us to move to the quick round. We've got quick questions. You've got quick answers. Here we go. This is question number one What is a full length or a chapbook from an underrated author that you'd love to see get more exposure?
2: Oh, this is a good one. The first person who comes to mind is Erica Foreman. I can't remember the name of her chapbook, but her full length Salt Body Shimmer is gorgeous and arresting. And it's, so, and it's so refreshing to see a debut collection be so vulnerable and unflinching in its execution and language. Good stuff.
1: All right, second question. Are you someone that drafts strictly on a keyboard or do you mix up keyboard with handwriting when you're working on your poems? I am
2: a handwriting snob. I love, the handwriting. <laughs> I love the handwriting. I love the handwriting. I love the tear paper up. I like the tear paper off the wall. I like how tactile writing with hand is.
1: I'm a big fan as well. Not that there's a wrong answer. <laughs> Not that there's a wrong answer, but that was That's the, the right one. answer.
0: And our
2: next question, what is your favorite kind of tree? Favorite kind of tree? What if those big, gigantic trees and Joshua tree, those ones, the ones that like live for a thousand years? I forgot the name of them, but they're gorgeous. And their rings are like, I can't even get my whole arms around them. Whatever those are called, I love those.
0: Awesome. Question number four, tell us about an indie bookstore that you love.
2: Oh, I have two. A Room of One's Own in Madison, Wisconsin, and Women and Children First in Chicago.
0: I love that place. Mm-hmm. Okay, and last
2: question. Where can folks find you online? Two places. isjones.com. That's my home base. And also at brokenpoets.com, where I am a teacher. I am teaching two online workshops this October one on sex and intimacy, and one on the domestic space.
1: All right, listeners, we're going to have all that information with links included in the show notes for today's episode. If you're already a subscriber to the chat book, be sure to tell all your friends. Let them know you can find us on all the pod places. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We're at Bull City Press, or visit our website, BullCityPress.com. If you want to, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at DCNoah
0: and i'm at ross white if you want to send us anything we're at chapbook at bullcitypress.com and we'd love to hear from you this episode of the chapbook was produced and edited by molly hart Yay, yay molly and huge huge thanks to is jones for being here spells of my name is the title of the chapbook from newfound check it out